Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Here's our scripture reading for today. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honor me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give, to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. Amen. The, the sermon title for this sermon is, See, I'm doing a new thing. And that's the Lord talking. He's doing a new thing. And I think we all could agree that new stuff is good, right? You don't need to teach kids that. My, my kids, I have a five-year-old, and the thing he likes most on this earth out of all worldly, earthly possessions is a new toy. For it, it, we bring him to the dollar store because that's the store where we can afford to say this. And we say, you can pick out any toy you want. And he'll spend an hour in there looking at toys, taking one down, thinking about it, putting it back, getting a different one. And he's so excited. He's like talking fast and so excited because a new toy is his favorite thing ever. And the kids are like that. They don't need to be taught to appreciate new things. Adults are like that. We like new stuff. I was thinking in my own mind about uh, something new. It's like, when was sometime I got really excited about a new thing? And I can remember exactly where I was on January 9th, 2007. I was in front of my computer watching an Apple keynote address and watching the, the late Steve Jobs uh, for the very first time introduce the iPhone. Do you remember that day? I remember, I was just like, wow, this is brand new. This is awesome. This, I got to have one. And, and friends were talking about it. It was on all the news. This is the newest thing ever. But think about the iPhone 1. That was almost 10 years ago. If, if any of you have the iPhone 1, I feel sorry for you because I imagine it doesn't update anymore. It's, it's an old thing. Uh, it's 10 years old at this point. And even critics at the time were saying, this really isn't that new of a thing that the cell phone was already around, a touch screen was already around, an app store was already around. Really what this was was a, a, a product that had put together a bunch of things. It was fixed together from what was already in, uh, in invention. And fixing thing is one thing. Our, our God can fix things in our lives. We could look and say, oh, the Lord, I give credit for the Lord for fixing this and doing that. But really this sermon is about brand new, a totally new creation. I know a little bit about fixing things. Uh, I'm a self-proclaimed mechanic. Uh, my dad, who's over here, we bought a car. For, he bought it for me. I think we paid half and half in 1996. And I owned that car for the next 18 years of my life. It was a little Ford Escort. And everything that ended up breaking on it, I would learn how to fix. My dad was a fixer. His dad was a fixer as a machinist, actually. So if, it, if he really couldn't fix it, he would just make a new part. And so I learned a lot about fixing things. And, and, and so I'd fix like the alternator would go out and it would be fixed and it'd be back to like it was last week, fixed, working again. And neighbors didn't come out of their houses. Uh, friends and family didn't come out and say, let's take a test drive with this new alternator. They didn't stick their head in the window and say, smells like a new alternator. No, there's a, there's a difference between fixing something and getting something that is brand new. 
And of course, I'm talking about spiritual things. I'm talking about what the Lord can do in us. If you'd put up the first uh, sermon point, it says this, God's newness is not about possessions, but rather life from death, light from darkness. I don't want you to leave here thinking I'm talking about getting a new car or a new phone. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the newness that's inside of us from God. There's this old preacher joke. I'll say it in case any of you haven't heard it, but it's just a quick saying that says, at the end of a funeral procession is the hearse, and there's never a hearse followed by a U-Haul bringing all the possessions along with them. No, it's we were born into this world naked with nothing, and we leave naked with nothing. And so I'm talking about the newness that comes from God, light from darkness, life from light. Think about this for a second. I'll give you the second point of my sermon. Um, it says this, the canvas of God's new creation is truly awesome. The canvas of God's new creation is truly awesome. Let's go back one slide and look at the verse that, that we just read. It's Isaiah chapter 43, verses 18 through 21. And it talks about uh, former things. Do, do not dwell upon the past. Forget those things. Verse 19, it says, See, I'm doing a new thing. And this, this analogy, this metaphor of springs in a dry place, springs dwelling, uh, so springing up. Don't you perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness, streams in the wasteland. And think about what the Lord can do in your life, the newness that can come. And I'll talk more about this. It's the, it's the, the whole point of this sermon. But think about the newness the Lord has already done for us to be a congregation, for us to be in Manitou, for us to be in this new building. Lots of newness. And the Lord is doing a new great thing. And the canvas of God's new creation is truly awesome. And I mean that word as it was originally intended, awesome. Like you see something and you're like, wow, this is awesome. And you kind of lose your breath. Maybe tears come to your eyes if you see something that is truly awesome because that word has been hijacked. I'm guilty of using the word awesome when it's really not. The other day with my grocery card, I saved three cents on a gallon of gas and I was like, that's awesome. And I was like, wait, I just filled up 10, 10 gallons, 10 times three cents. That's 30 cents. That's not awesome. That's 30 cents. Or the other day I found out that Pizza Hut is now selling French fries. You can get a Pizza Hut, pizza, and French fries. That's awesome. It's like, no, that's, it's just French fries. That's not awesome. <laughs> if you've ever seen springs in a wasteland, that's truly awesome. I, I was uh, blessed to go on a, a trip to the Grand Canyon two summers ago. I have a friend whose sister was a Grand Canyon guide. And so for three days, we were on the Grand Canyon, in the Grand Canyon, in the Colorado River, floating down and rafting and spending the night camping. It was truly awesome. Like we would watch the moon rise across the canyon and we'd say, that is truly awesome. We'd see the, if, if you're from uh, Arizona, I apologize, but it's a wasteland. It's a desert and nothing grows there. It's, it's just cacti and it's, it's just barren. And yet the Colorado River runs right through and you see the Grand Canyon. And then there's all these springs where there shouldn't be springs in a desert welling up and then kind of making their way, little waterfalls down to the Colorado River in the Grand Canyon. And wherever there's one of these little springs, there's flowers, tropical flowers and green and it is truly awesome and so the Lord does what is truly awesome he takes 
a wasteland and brings springs to it. He takes old things and he makes new, brand new. He takes us, his people, and makes brand new out of us, which is truly awesome, truly by definition. So I want to give you three passages. So don't let me lose you here. Look up here. Uh, three passages of scripture we're going to look at. And these are passages that I've been thinking about for about a month now. I've, uh, I've, as, as we've met, last time was about a month ago. I've had a month to think through passages and what passages I would like to share with you. So these are three really important passages that I see in the Bible about the Lord's newness. And the first one is this passage about bones. And it's Halloween and there's bones and skeletons all over Manitou. If you walk down the, the streets of Manitou, the, the, all the shops have these uh, skeletons. The kids call them bones guys. And, and there's bones guys all around Manitou. And next time you see one of those, think about this. Because here's, here's the passage. It's Ezekiel chapter 37. You can turn there now and just kind of flip around. Or if, if you're taking notes, you could write it down to read later. It's a prophetic image given to the prophet Ezekiel. And he's in this valley of dry bones. Have you heard this passage before? Anybody? Okay. Um, there's dry bones, and they're dry, and they're dusty. And the, 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 the Lord says to Ezekiel, could these dry bones live again? And Ezekiel responds with a really good response. He says, Lord, only you know. And so the Lord says, Ezekiel, talk to these bones and tell them to live. And so they get up. And flesh comes back on these bones. Something truly awesome. A new thing. New life. And then Ezekiel, the Lord says to Ezekiel, well, can they breathe again? Why don't you talk to these bones and tell them to breathe again? And guess what? They breathe again. And so it's life. It's the resurrection. And there's this verse at the end. Ezekiel chapter 37, 12. It says, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. And it's this prophetic imagination of that's what the Lord will do with us. In the same way that Jesus died and then rose from the grave, he will bring us with him, the firstborn. He's the firstborn of the resurrection, and we will go with him, being born again. And we have this to look forward to. The next passage. So first one, second one, here we go. Revelation 21, the very end of the Bible, the very last book of the Bible, the second to the last chapter of the Bible, Revelation 21 begins with this image of a new heaven and a new earth and all things being made new. Here's what it says, Revelation 21.5, it says, he who is seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write it down for these words are trustworthy and true. So as believers, our hope is in God, our hope is in what he is going to do, and our hope is that all things, everything, is going to be made new. And there's this thing about like, okay, we have that to look forward to, but yet it's already happening now. There's this famous phrase, at least it's famous in my world of theology and, and being a pastor. There was a, a theologian that taught at my seminary, Fuller Seminary, years before I was there. His name is George Eldon Ladd. And he had this phrase to, to talk about how the Lord is going to do this great thing, and yet it's already happening now. And he said this, he said, it's, it's the truth of God. The kingdom of God is already, but not yet already. It's, it's here. It's now. All things are being made new. It's already, but it's not yet. And so we have this hope to look forward to. It's already, but not yet. 
The third passage, it'll tie into this idea. Um, it's John chapter 3. And you could write that down and read this very famous passage of Scripture. John chapter 3 is where this man, Nicodemus, is his name. He's named in the Bible. And he comes to Jesus at night. And we can only guess why he would have come at night. He was a Pharisee. Maybe he was embarrassed or had questions that he, he didn't want people to know he was coming. But he came at night and had a conversation with Jesus. And Jesus says something very peculiar. He says, you can't see the kingdom of God unless you're born again. A lot of, a lot of you know. It's a famous phrase. It's a phrase that Nicodemus had never heard before. We've probably heard it before in the Christian world because it's in the Bible. It says, to, to see the kingdom, to be saved, you need to be born again. And Nicodemus had never heard it, so he, he asked a pretty silly question. He asked famously, well, do I need to go back into my mother's womb to then be born again? <laughs> no. Jesus says, there's, there's, there's life and there's flesh, and when a baby is born, that baby is born into this world, and he's brand new, but then there's being born of the Spirit, and being born of the Spirit is being created and being born brand new. Just like what the Lord is doing in Manitou, what the Lord is doing in us as a congregation, what the Lord is doing in this building. Like David said, this building was an old building just on the weird side of town, a weird side of a weird Manitou town. And, <laughs> and formerly, it was a Masonic Lodge. And some people have said, uh, do, do, you know it's a Masonic Lodge, right? Do, don't you know what they do in there? And I said, kind of. But don't you know what the Lord does? Don't you know that the, the newness of life that can come and the fact that it is called, David mentioned this, the Fountain Creek Event Center, that there's new, there's always new water running right by this place and it's new and there's something about Manitou being in a very arid place where we really appreciate the creek and the springs and being reminded of this passage in Isaiah that it's the Lord's work, the Lord's miracle that has new life coming up in a wasteland. So there's this third and final point and it's... Um, I guess the question is, how, how, how do we see this new thing? Do, do we just stand back and, and look and see it? That's what the passage says. Just like, look, behold, a new thing is happening. Watch it. And yes, there is. We, we just stand back and say, God, you are God, and this is a new thing you're doing, and we're just going to watch it. But what about in us? Is there anything we can do to participate with this new thing that God might want to do in each and every one of us? And I would say it's this, it's that we are made new by repentance. We are made new by repentance. So how does God do a new thing inside of us? Well, it's, it's by repentance. It's just kind of how it works. It's how relationships work. Uh, I'll talk a little bit more about my kids. I have a son, Jay, who's five, and uh, that, that ruckus back there, that's a guaranteed him. Um, so he has a best friend in school. He's in kindergarten, and, he, and he, uh, on Monday he came home and said, my best friend doesn't want to be my best friend anymore. Aww. He's like, well, what, did you, what happened? What did you? And he's like, well, I said some mean things to him, and then he said he didn't want to be my friend anymore. He's like, well, why would you say those mean things? He's like, ah, he started crying. And so we talked to him on Monday night. We calmed him down and said, well, what you need to do is tomorrow you need to Repent. You need to say you're sorry for saying those horrible things that led him to say, I don't want to be your friend anymore. And he told us what, they, what he said, and they were pretty horrible things. I can tell you later. It's, it's mean stuff. Um, 
And so you need to apologize for those mean things you said. You need to repent. And so sure enough, Tuesday, he repents. He says he's sorry to his little friend. And then we see him uh, later Tuesday, and they're buddying around. And we see him Tuesday, and I say, so how did it work out? Are you friends again? Yeah, we're friends again. We're best friends again. It's like, well, that's just how relationships work. The same goes for this thing that God wants to do in us, a new thing. Newness, we are made new by repentance. Repent and believe is how the the book of Mark starts off. Jesus goes preaching, and one of the first things out of his mouth in the book of Mark is, here's what you need to do, repent and believe. God will clean us from the inside out. There's this famous psalm. One of my famous, uh, one of my favorite psalms is this famous psalm. It's uh, Psalm 51. It's the psalm of repentance. It's the psalm that was prayed. David prayed this prayer. It was written down. It's right after he commits adultery with Bathsheba. And then he has this woman's husband murdered. Talk about a, a horrible thing that the King David did. And then he repents. And there's this, it's written down, Psalm 51, Have mercy on me, O God, according to thy great mercy, according to the multitude of tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For my sin is only between you and you alone have I sinned. And it goes on and on talking about how he's so sorry. And then it says at the end, it says, The sacrifice acceptable to God is, which is, here it is. I'm going to tell you. What is the sacrifice? Does God want our deals? Does God want uh, our stuff? Does God want us to just say we love him? Does God want us to spend time in prayer with him? What does God want? What is the sacrifice acceptable to God? Well, he wants a repentant heart. And then it says, purge me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. It's how we are made new. It's by repentance. So in college, I had a couple different odd jobs. One of them was uh, I worked at a flower shop. If you need to laugh, go ahead. Judge me. It's okay. Uh, it, was, it was a weird little job. It was a weird little time in my life. And I would take care of the flowers and take care of the, the plants. And I, I learned how to, to um, arrange the flowers. You could laugh again if you need to. So just picturing me arranging little flowers. And, but what I really did was just answer phones and take people's orders. And I, answered the, I would answer the phone. It was called Petal Pusher Floral. So I was like, Petal Pusher Floral, this is Joe. How can I help you? Our roses are $24 and, uh, a dozen. We have red, white, and I would name all the colors we had. And this guy, one time, this guy is, is called in and said, all right, quit with, your, quit with your, your little rehearsed speech there. I got an order. I want you to write this down. He was just all business. He said, um, I want a flower, flowers to go out. I want a couple different orders to go out to my girlfriend. Uh, here's the address. Are you, are you writing this down? Said, yes, sir. I'm writing it down. I got it. Uh, he gave me the girlfriend's name. He gave me the girlfriend's address and then he said here's what I want at one o'clock because it was in the morning he said at one o'clock in the afternoon I want a $50 arrangement of roses to go out and want to be delivered right at one o'clock and I want the note to say I love you he said yes sir okay got it and then at two o'clock here's what I want I want I want another same thing an order of roses $50 to go out at two o'clock and I want another uh, that note to say I really really love you okay and then here's what I want. At 3 o'clock, I want the same thing, roses to go out. And I want that note to say, I really, really, really love you. Okay, got it. I'm writing all this down. And, he said, I want, and then I want a final arrangement to go out at 4 o'clock. And it's got to be right at 4 o'clock because I'm going to get home at 5 o'clock. So the 4 o'clock order goes out. And I want this to be a really big one. I want it to be, uh, I think he said, like, if I remember right, it was like a $200 order of roses. And, and he said, well, I want it to go out. I want it to be delivered right at 4 o'clock. And here's what I want the note to say. I want the note to say, I won't do it again. 
<laughs> and so I was like, yes, sir, I got it, wrote it all down, hung up the phone, and I, I wondered, now what could that be about? And now, thinking as, as a pastor of uh, a couple years now, um, I think through, there's probably really only one thing. This guy really messed up, and if I had to guess, it was, it was probably adultery, and, and, and I just thought, man, this poor guy. And then I thought, man, this, there wasn't a hint of I'm sorry in his voice, and there definitely wasn't a hint of I'm sorry in the notes he was sending. So in my mind, it was just like, man, this, this guy is just, he's, he's giving an offering. He's giving a sacrifice of flowers, a gift. And, but what is flowers without repentance? And so I wonder, how many times do we do that with God? We, we think we're bringing to God something, oh, we've messed up here, but, but if I do this, this, and this, God, if, if I do take these deals, then, then will you be happy with me, Lord? I thought, what, what the Lord really wants, the sacrifice acceptable to God, as Psalm 51 says, is a repentant heart. And repentance brings this new life. There's a couple images uh, I want to share quickly. We're going to baptize someone at the end of this service. She is Cindy. And talk about a new thing that we're doing. We're bapt- we dedicated babies. That's what we do. And then we believe in a, a believer's baptism. So when someone's old enough to make a decision that they want to get baptized, um, we, we baptize them. And so at this service, on this new day, in a new place, uh, as, a, as a new congregation, we're still a new congregation, we are going to baptize a new baptismal candidate. Talk about the newness of life that, that happens in the kids' room. All the ruckus is, is uh, the, all the noise back there. They, are, they brought in, we brought in a bunch of old stuff, and Heidi told a couple different families, bring, it, bring in some old stuff. Why? Because those kids are going to make something new out of old stuff. They're going to put two things together that's old. And so we brought in some, uh, what did we bring in? Clothespins and cans and basically just trash. Um, and so they're in there playing with trash to make something brand new. How cool is that? So I guess we'll, we'll go back there later and see that new thing that has been made. One more image, and that, that's of... Uh, a couple years ago, how many of you were in Manitou in 2013? A couple years ago, the floods uh, that, that came through. You remember the floods happening? If you listen, you can almost hear the creek. I, I can kind of hear it. People closer to the window can hear it. So that creek on August 9th, 2013, was all the way up to this building, and, and water came in the basement. Uh, we live on Canyon Avenue, and water rushed so fast on our street, about, uh, let's say, this high. It washed every car off of our street and put it down into the river, and it was destruction. There was a roof on our yard. We watched and saw a hot, uh, like a hot water tank a heater uh, go by. We saw a bathtub go by. We saw doors. And, and just destruction go by our house in this deep black water of this flash flood. A house right up from ours, let's see, one, two up from ours was just totally gone. The path of the water just completely took this little cottage out, and that's the roof that ended up on our house. And there was this destruction everywhere. And if you've, you were here, you remember it. Even if you weren't here, you probably saw it on the news. It made national news, the destruction that happened in Manitou Springs. And there was this girl that we have come to find out um, is a Christian and is a uh, pastor's daughter. And on that day of destruction, she went out collecting little pieces of wood. And she collected uh, a piece of a piano that had been 
destroyed and, and thrown into uh, the river and carried down, but there was a piece of it. And she took that piece and she took some other things as well. And she began to make new things out of this old wood. And she uh, made this out of this piece of piano, uh, made like a little wall vanity with a, with a mirror on it and some hooks. And Erica saw this at a boutique and was like, oh my gosh, I know that girl. I know she's a pastor's daughter. And this is, this is wow, how cool is that? And so she bought it and she gave it to our worship leader at a prayer meeting. And it was this, just this, we were all in tears thinking about the Lord's newness on that day of destruction when so much was destroyed and so much hope lost. There was this Christian girl out thinking with, with new eyes, thinking in the way the Lord thinks about making something new out of destruction and old things. And so it was just, it was just this beautiful image of the Lord taking what was old and making what was new. If you would, would you bow your head with me and pray? God, you are a God that um, you not only fix pieces of our lives, you not only correct certain things in our life, but Lord, you are the God who makes all things new. Lord, you are making us new, and it's already happening. We, 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 are, we are under your newness as a creation. It's already happening, and yet we look forward to it. It's already, and it's not yet. And there's nothing that cannot be made new. We are all before you as individuals having sinned, having made mistakes in our lives. But Lord, we can come to you and say, Lord, we are so sorry. Would you forgive us of our sins? And we are made totally new. So Lord, we, we tell you that we are a sinner. and we, we need you, Lord, to fill us and make us right and make us new. You are good, and your love endures forever. Would you stand with me now? We're going to, as we prepare for communion, we're going to say together in unison this uh, prayer of confession. It's a prayer that many Christians have said for many years. (coughs) Would you say it with me? Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought and word and deed. But what we have done 